0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome. Will y'all stand with us as we enter into worship? So, God, you are so good and faithful, and um, we are just here to worship you. I thank you, God, for just the joy that is our strength in you, Lord Jesus. And uh, so, God, we love you. We believe you. And uh, we believe in you and your promises for us, God, this morning. Amen and amen.
1: i've seen how good it works if you start it you'll complete it i'll take you out of your word if you said it i believe it i've seen how good it works if you start it you'll complete it i'll take your grace is always enough you said your heart would never forget or forsake me you said i'm saved you call me yours you said my future's full of your hope you've never failed so i know. Your grace is always enough. You said your heart will never forget or forsake me. You said I'm safe. You call me yours. You said my future's full.
2: Need some help, Mila? Come here. You're not shy. Livia, where's uh, where's Bryce? Come here, boy.
0: Oh man, every time he says that.
2: Carly, you shy today? You're not shy. Come here. These are my people because these are the, these are like who we taught. We sit, spend time in class. Um, we're going to do a song we haven't done in a while, Another in the Fire. What What's this song about? There's another in the fire standing next to me. Is there a verse, Is there something in the Bible that, like, you think that is about, that's about a story? Yeah, Mila? Maybe
1: Moses? Uh-huh.
2: The burning bush? Well, Moses actually was with God, and God was in a fire, right? A pillar of fire so three quarters credit very good Any, anything That's else good. was there a time that there was three guys Pastor Steve's giving y'all hints from down there there were three guys there was a VeggieTales they got thrown into him. the fire and there was another in the fire with them Shad Shad. Shadrach Meshach Abednego yeah y'all remember that story we can talk about it today yeah um, yeah. And it, uh, one of the things I was thinking about last night when I was singing this song is like, what's the point? Why are we singing songs about people from a long time ago? What's the point? Why do we do this? Just so that like we can practice music? What is the point? Anybody? Do we like, have to do this? We just like, we do it because God said to do it or what do you think? anybody one of the big reasons why we sing worship songs about people from a long time ago is to remember to remember so there was this the first time God ever told someone in the Bible to write down part of the Bible he spoke to Moses your friend yeah he said they had just won the Israelites had just won a battle and he said I want you to write this story down so that people will remember we tend to forget a lot of things i forget a lot of things do you guys forget things mm-hmm. yeah so what happens is when you get in trouble and when you get when when life starts to stress you out you'll forget who god is unless you remember who he's been then you'll know who he is and it'll also help you see the future to where he's going to be cuz he's going to be with you Okay, And that's what this song does. The chorus, if y'all will notice, the chorus says, there was another in the fire. The second time we sing the chorus, there is another in the fire standing next to me. And the last chorus is, there will be, they'll be another in the fire. Okay? I want you guys to remember that today as we sing this song. That's why you're singing this song about things from the past okay does that make sense now you can stand up here and sing with me if you want to or you can go back to your seats whichever one you want to do don't start that music until my ears are in because they're out and I will be way off so y'all don't have to stay but you can if you want Rick's Rick's giving you a command but you don't have to listen to him you are supposed to respect your elders okay I think I'm ready Sing, there's a grace. There's a grace when the heart is under fire. Another way when the walls are closing in. When I look at the space between where I used to be and this reckoning, I know I will never be alone is another in the fire all my debt all my debt left for dead beneath
1: the waters and i'm no longer a slave to my sin anymore should i fall in the space between what remains of me and this reckoning either way i won't bow to the things of this world and i know i will never be alone there'll be another in the fire body and now the power lives in me there is another in the fire oh. the joy come every battle cuz i know that's where you'll be
2: i count the joy come every battle cuz i know that's where you'll be i count the joy come every battle
1: cuz i know that's where you'll be I'll
2: Father we trust you I thank you that just as you walked with the Israelites through confusing and desperate and dark and dangerous times that you held back the seas for them you you fought battles for them You came and you literally came here and you stood on this earth with Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego in the fire to protect them because they were unashamed of you. And so you were unashamed of them. God, help us to be the new Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. God, help the kids in this room to see that, that passion to emulate it to to mimic it to copy it but help us as the adults in this room to copy it first help us to have a faith that's worth mimicking a lifestyle that's worth following convict us where we need conviction encourage us where we need encouragement move us closer to your heart. Move us closer to you. Your word says that if we draw near to you, that you will draw near to us. And so today, here we are, God. We say we want to be near you. We set this part of time, this this time apart to be with you, to be near you so we know you're come to us. Have your way. Do your will. Change us. Teach us. We got one more song. And as traditionally, you guys are welcome to bring your offerings and tithes during this song either to the back or to the front or you can use the app online so many ways to give you don't have an excuse not to give um, and if you find one let us know and we'll, we'll shoot it down um, giving is just a part of worship it's the, it's the actual teeth in worship where you start to let go of something that you don't want to let go of you feel like you'd be better off if you keep it but it's a trust exercise y'all can stay up here again this is fun or you can go down brody i didn't invite you up here because like you're kind of like you're more quiet than bryce but if you want to come up here you can come up here i felt guilty during the last song you coming or not you want to stay down there okay that's what I, i i read you right just nervous
0: Your love so deep Is washing over me Your face is over
3: spot in your life you've probably experienced that your love so deep is washing over me your face is all I seek you are my everything we sing that song in faith because that is never really I mean we're ne- never singing that song in fact because most of us seek a lot of it. At, at least I'm preaching to myself I may not be preaching to you but um, I seek a lot of things other than Jesus' face. But I'm reminded that in Matthew 5 when Jesus is preaching His long sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, He's, He talks about worrying about all the things that whether we're going to have clothes to wear or food to eat and, and some place to sleep and, and all the normal things that we... the cares of this life, the normal things... And he says, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. He says, seek that first and everything else will follow after that. And I found that to be true in my life. So so I sing this song in faith. Jesus Christ, you are my one desire. Believing that I'm getting closer to that. And it's not that there, there aren't other things, but just that that's the thing that you seek. That's the, that's the number one thing and everything else falls into place after that. Father, as we sing these songs in faith and endeavor to follow you every day, every hour, may these things be becoming facts in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can be seated. And y'all can start working on going down if you want to. Y'all can go sit down if you want to. Thank you. I'm pretty sure we have to pay Mila extra for her um, for her um, aerobics that she does during the singing because uh, I love that. That's my favorite. Um, the big thing that I, the big announcement that I have uh, this week is Life Groups. We uh, the last Sunday of this month will be our kickoff. If you're interested in a life group, talk to Pam about it. She's uh, in charge of that. And so, if you or if you have any questions even about a life group, what isn't? How do I get involved? Um, you'll you can ask her. All right, it's an awesome time where no matter how big a church is, if you get together in small groups, that is the way that we develop the relationships that are really what's required for the church to be the church. The other uh, announcement that I have is that for uh, teenage ish men and teenage ish women, there are, uh, there is Men of Valor and Her Virtue which is a weekend retreat and we have some people that are going to be going on that. You can go on either the flow page or our our app to to find information about that Uh, Pam has one more announcement come right here
4: I just want to highlight one of the new life groups that we're going to have Um, we are going to have we have quite a few kids in the 10 to 14 age group and so starting on September the 17th we're going to start uh, a life group. Logan and Haley are going to be leading that group, and um, it is going to be at six o'clock on the first and third Sunday nights of the month. And there'll probably be food, snacks, drinks, something. But um, that we just noticed um, that that's a large a large group of kids in that particular age group that we can. Start training now and discipling and grow them into a youth group that can change the high school and change the junior high and change Chandler for the kingdom. So um, anyway, that starts September 17th.
3: Take five and we'll be back for a word from Pastor Lee in just a moment.
5: That's not false hope, is it? (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, I do want to welcome Chandler. Our location on Chandler is watching live today. Welcome them. Great group, guys. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm glad to be back. Lord, I thank you for hearts being open to hear and receive what you have to say to us today. We thank you for it, and we praise you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 5, we're going to begin reading. We've got a long ways to go. I'm going to purpose in my heart not to go faster than I normally go, which is generally pretty fast. What I have to say this morning is extremely important, and I want to make sure I slow down enough for you to get it and get it good. Matthew chapter 5, verse 43. I'm reading from the New King James. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be the sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes the sun to rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brother only, what do you more than others? Do not even the tax collectors? Do so. Well, he's got a thing about tax collectors, doesn't he? Therefore, you shall be perfect and mature, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. So I have a question for you. How are you doing at loving your enemies? Yeah, I'll come back to that. I want to tell you a story. You know, the Lord speaks to me all the time, but sometimes I'm just more attentive to what's going on and there's a person that I really, really love. I love this person dearly. And I needed them to know that I had their back. And that I loved them for more than what they just do. I love them for who they are. And that I would do anything for them. And so the Lord told me to weed eat at their house. Now you have to understand something. I hate Weed eating. I hate it worse than eggplant, which is, which is really saying something. The only thing I hate worse than weed eating is working on my weed eater before I can weed eat. Can anybody feel my pain? So I'm at this person's house, and I know you think all preachers do is fish and golf, but I do not have a bunch of days off. And so I'm taking my time off to weed eat at this person's house. Now, generally speaking, I do not tell people when I'm doing something like this, I just wait till they're gone, go do it, and it's just between me and God, and I love that aspect of it. I love giving when nobody knows that I'm the one that gave. I love doing it that way. But the Lord spoke to me and told me to tell this individual, I need you to know I hate Weed eating. And I'm supposed to do this for you because I want you to know I love you. And I'm for you. So here I am. Now, I got to tell you, I'm happy because I know I'm obeying God. So I've got my earmuffs on so I can't hear anything because the weed eater loud. And I got my glasses on and I'm... And I got one of these. It's not actually the... String, like most people use, it's a chainsaw blade wrapped in a circle. This thing is awesome. It's a real man's tool. I mean, literally, I'm cutting down two-inch trees with it. (laughs) It's like, yes, I did that. So I'm out there, and I'm weeding. It is 106 outside. And I'm just smiling. And the Lord starts speaking to me. And he starts speaking to me about loving my enemies and working the muscles it takes to actually love my enemies. And while I'm weed eating, he's just downloading. And I want to share with you some of the truths that were downloaded into me while I was weed eating. So we've been talking about kingdom living and serving is what I want to talk about today today serving is a kingdom lifestyle it's not something you do once and you've done it and now i'm okay serving is how you live in the kingdom it is a daily thing that becomes a part of who we are as christ followers now listen a lot of us want the life of serving but not the lifestyle of serving yeah that's what i thought would happen how many of you know who Chris Hemsworth is? He is the, the Thor. Now, how many know who, who he is? Yeah, that's what I thought. He's got this bad-to-the-bone bod. I mean, he doesn't have a keg. He has a six-pack. And he's got this V-shaped physique. He's got incredible arms, great big pecs, a six-pack He's got a bad bod. Most of us got a dad bod. Now, we would love the bad bod, but we don't want the lifestyle. Oh, yeah, now you're getting it. Can I just eat my donuts and look like that? No. No, you cannot go to the gym one day a week and have a bod like that. It is a lifestyle. People like that work out every single day for hours a day. And we want the results, but we don't want the lifestyle. As Christians, we want the life that lends itself to people being healed when we pray. We want the results of our prayer life being such that we connect to God and we hear his voice and we obey it when we hear it. We want the results of an individual who prays for hours a day and is in tune with God, but we don't want the lifestyle because we're too busy. Well, thank you for amen. I thought I was going to have to convince you. We need to work the muscles spiritually that it takes To serve or to love our enemies. Serving is how we overcome selfishness. Now, listen, most of us do not have any idea how actually selfish we are till you get married. And then that spouse has a way of bringing out the fact that you are very self centered. Okay. (laughs) And then you have kids. And then you realize again, we have been selfish even as a couple. I don't have time to preach on it, but there are five things it takes for you to grow spiritually and be spiritually mature. One, it takes the word of God. If the only scripture you know is take a little wine for your stomach's sake, you probably will not grow very mature. (laughs) So it takes the word of God. It takes covenant relationships. You need people in your life who are willing to look at you and go, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard. Don't do that. Oh, you don't have friends like that? You need good friends. It takes covenant, not just people who will tell you, man, it sure is hot outside like I didn't know. Thanks for telling me. I was kind of wondering there. It's 106. Made me glad I missed hell. That's all I can tell you. (laughs) We need covenant relationships. We need serving. Now listen, it's one thing to say our church is feeding one-tenth of our population. The question is, what are you doing It's one thing to say, our church is blessing other churches. What are you doing? You need to serve to help overcome our tendency towards selfishness. Then it takes personal disciplines. You need to pray when no one's asking you to. You need to read the word of God when no one's telling you to. You need to serve when nobody's watching personal disciplines. And then you need encounters with God. And a part of what we're trying to do here, at least at Victory Life in our locations, is to create an atmosphere in worship and even in the coffee line, in the parking lot, through the word of God. We're trying to give you opportunities to encounter God. Because God can do in 30 seconds what would take me three lifetimes, right? Right? So it takes these five things. What's interesting about serving is serving is one of the only ways to overcome our natural tendency to selfishness. Now listen, just hear me. Most of the people whose go-to phrase is, you're so selfish, are selfish people. They just don't realize it. They've had people do for them and get what they've wanted so many times, so many times, and so often that when somebody doesn't do it, you're just selfish. Is anybody feeling guilty yet? I'm an equal opportunity critic. I'll get to y'all before it's done. I promise. So we need opportunities to serve. Now, the starting place for serving, level one, We're calling this message Next Level Serving. The ground level of serving in the Christian realm is Galatians 7 through 10. And he starts out by talking about you can't fool God. Whatever you sow, that's what you reap. You can't fool God. You can fool me, you can fool your neighbor, but you can't fool God. And he says, because this is true... Because what you sow is what you reap. He says in verse 10, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those of the household of faith. Now listen, you are never going to be able to love your enemies if you can't love those you go to church with. It's ground level. He says, as you have opportunity... Whenever opportunity arises to do good, do the good. Acts 10.38. I'm paraphrasing. Jesus is filled with the Holy Ghost and power. And then it says what Jesus did with that Holy Ghost and power was he went about doing good. We can have I don't know if you realize, but part of the decay of our culture is we're so selfish. The many of the issues we have in our world and in people's minds is because it's all about them. This idea that you can choose to be a cat. You talk about selfish stupidness. (laughs) Selfishness is ruining our world. And Jesus, what he did with the power God gave him, Jesus, God on earth, what he did with that power was he went about serving, doing good. Now listen, in Acts 10.38 where he says that, the result was people got healed, people came into the kingdom, lives were changed. I'm gonna tell you, as hard as it is, we need to look past the chaos in our world and realize what they need more than anything is people who are not like them. People who are not like them. People who will serve. People who will do good. People who will be kind. That's, that's ground level. Now, in John four thirty five. Jesus is talking about the field being white already to harvest. He said, don't say it's yet four months and then comes the harvest. Here's my takeaway. When someone says it's coming, what is our go-to response to that? To wait. Your check is coming. So what do you do? You sit on your laurels. You wait. It is the problem that I keep seeing with people prophesying. There's a revival coming. And what happened? The body of Christ said, okay. (laughs) It's what happens over and over again. God's going to use this group. God's going to use... I've heard it prophesied. Children, old people, young people, new people, old people. I mean, just... But if it's coming... Our natural response is to sit. That's why Jesus said, don't say it's yet four months because then you're just going to sit. He said, look unto the fields. There are white all ready to harvest. The Lee Armstrong interpretation, pay attention to the opportunities in front of you. If we are supposed to do good as often as we have opportunities, therefore, as we have opportunities, do good. Then, what I've been asking people to pray is give us eyes to see the opportunities in front of us. You know, we come to church and we should be serving in the church. Shameless plug to be serving. You should be serving if you're not, you're selfish. Thank you for your thunderous applause. You should be serving. But you shouldn't have to come to church to serve. We pass a hundred opportunities to serve on the way to serve. Have you ever looked at the life of Jesus? I mean, really looked at it. The Bible says he was going to go over there. He had an objective. I'm going to get to that city. I'm going to get to that person or whatever. But as he journeyed, The scripture says there, as he went, the scripture says, as he was going to the place he was determined to go to, he ran into opportunities and he never said to them, well, I'm going to be in Durant on Sunday. I'll pray for you there. He just prayed. When the opportunity was there, he saw it. And took the time to meet the need and to pray. Now, you've heard my Walmart stories. Walmart owes me an office. (laughs) I do as much ministry at Walmart as I do in my own office. Because there's just opportunity everywhere. And I will see somebody and carry up a conversation. And they will tell me what's going on. And I will say to them, can I pray? And almost every time I get the same look. Right here? Yeah, right here amongst the fruits and vegetables. It's okay. I don't know if you know this or not, but God rules at Walmart. God rules at the bar. If you'll just pay attention, opportunity is everywhere. And that's ground zero. Some of you, bless your heart, you just need to get over yourself. And you need to serve somewhere. You need to find opportunities because God has placed gifts and callings and talents on the inside of you that are begging to get their way out, to change the world. God didn't give you those gifts to hoard them to yourself. The apple tree cannot eat its own fruit. The apples are for others. What God has placed in you is for the benefit of others. Now, that's ground zero. That's number one. Just look for somebody that you can serve. Now, some of you need help with that, so I'm going to offer it. That's called your spouse. Oh, don't you love me? (laughs) Priest of the drug addicts, pastor. It's a lot easier. I am. They're listening. Are you? You're looking for opportunities to serve. That's called your spouse. That's called your children. That's called your grandchildren. That's called your neighborhood. That's called your co-worker. And it doesn't have to be thousands of dollars or thousands of hours. It just takes putting somebody else first for a few minutes. You'd be amazed... At the looks I get when I give people my place in line. Because I'm not in that big a hurry. Life is too short to sweat the Walmart line. And I can just see this panic on people when they're looking at their wives. Honestly, that little five minute ahead of me isn't going to change anything. And for you speed demons, passing that car isn't going to get you there that much faster either. So, I'll give them my spot in the line. And I've watched people, they're stunned. It just doesn't happen anymore. It doesn't take a gazillion dollars. In my own personal life, I have watched like five or seven dollars, can't remember the exact number now, change a life forever. Because God told me to give, and at the time, it's all I had. I think it was like seven bucks in my pocket. And the Lord told me to give it to this couple. They were at my life group. And he told me to give it to him. And I did. And they told me later that they wanted to come to Life Group, but they didn't have the money and they were low on gas and they didn't even know if they could make it home. But they wanted to be there. So that money got them through. The following day, the Lord gave them some money so they were able to get through the rest of the week. But that $7 changed their life. They're in the kingdom now and still serving today because somebody gave them seven bucks. So, that's ground level. Here's the next one. This one is one, I'm weed eating now. Remember, the Lord's speaking to me this whole time. and I'm just getting after it. And the Lord told me this. Can you do what you hate for those you love? Because if you can't do what you hate for those you love... How will you ever love your enemy? Now, this is going to get real personal. And I'm not apologizing. I've been put on this earth to challenge, to believe for positive change, and to cheer you on. So I'm going to be your cheerleader before it's over with. But I'm going to get where the rubber meets the road. Is that okay? All right. Thank you. Your check's in the mail. It's a small one. About seven bucks. Pastor, I would lay down my life for my spouse. Really? You won't even go to the movies with her. I would lay down my life for my spouse. Really? You won't go shopping with her. Yeah, it's getting quiet. <laughs> Speak to the drug addicts, Pastor. I would do anything for my kids. You don't come to their games. I would do anything. Lee, would you weed eat? I would lay down my life for my spouse really if you have sex more than twice a week it's because it's their anniversary or his birthday <laughs> yeah yeah you loved it when i talked about shopping and movies <laughs> have you thought about this for any kind of time at all i would lay down my life really really If you won't do what you don't like for those you love, how will you ever do it for those you hate? You got to flex the muscles. You got to be willing to do what you don't like. I go to the movies. Oh, I mean, it's $35 and I haven't even bought the tickets yet. I do not like the movies, but I love my wife. And so I had to change my mindset. I had to go, wait, rethink this. I'm alone with my wife in the dark. This might not be so bad. I'm in a reclining chair now. Got a cup holder. Only thing I need is a fishing pole. I would do anything. Then why won't you go fishing or hunting with them? You see, we need to flex the muscles while we can. It's the working out again. You don't have the Chris Hemsworth body without a workout. You don't have the life of Jesus without the lifestyle of Jesus who made it a habit To love those that we would say don't deserve it. To do good to those who were evil to him. It's a flexing spiritually. So many times the Bible correlates physical growth with spiritual growth. Paul said, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. But when I grew up. He's comparing. If you want to be strong spiritually, you have to do the exercise. You have to have the lifestyle. There's a lot of things I don't like. But I do because I love the one I'm doing it for. Now, if I ever come to your house and weed eat, don't assume it's because you're my enemy. Right? Thank you. I love to serve, but the Lord is speaking to me, and he spoke to me, and he said, how can you love your enemies if you won't do what you don't like for those you say you love? So, man, my ears are picked up now. I'm weeding, but the Lord's speaking to me. And I got this big old smile. Because, man, God is just downloading. And I'm realizing I do want to get to the place where I can love my enemies. I want want the Lord to be able to speak to me and say, do this for someone who's been mean to me, hard to me, spoke against me. And I want to do it with a good heart. But I cannot do that if I haven't exercised With the ones I love. How many women love doing the dishes? Thank you for being honest. We don't love doing the dishes, but we do them. Why? We love our family and they have to get done, and generally, family doesn't do them. My wife can tell you I will do the dishes, I will do the laundry. I will vacuum. I have learned to put my clothes in the dirty clothes hamper. It's a hard lesson learned, but I learned it. No, I realize I need to do what I don't like to do so that I can do what I need to do in the proper, proper time. Write it down, put it in your notes we'll never be able to love our enemy if we don't do what we hate for those we love these are muscles we must exercise level 3 it's doing what is good not just what feels good you're going to love this i want to get a thunderous applause for this <clears throat> Fasting. I knew it. Thank you. Don't we love fasting? Fasting does not feel good. Fasting shows you how selfish your flesh really is. You know, our stomach growls and we lie to ourselves and we say, I'm having hunger pains. You are not having. Hunger pains. Hunger pains do not start until the third or fourth day. You are having habit pains. I don't like fasting any more than anybody else, but I do it. It's the right thing. It just doesn't feel good. We got to be able to do what's the right thing, not just what feels good when you do something for someone and they thank you for it that feels good and there's nothing wrong with being thanked for a service done or for helping somebody or just being there for them the bible's pretty clear first thessalonians five eighteen: in everything give thanks we should be able to tell people thank you who have served us thank you who have done for us people who did a good job thank you There's nothing wrong with that. But that feels good. But it doesn't feel good to do it in secret. Your flesh wants to be recognized. Your flesh loves the stroke. Nobody can do that better than you. But can you do it when you don't get thanked? You know, lots of people give because they get the name in a brick. There's nothing wrong with your name in a brick. I'm not actually preaching against that. But can you do it if you don't get the brick? You know, the Bible says that in all the spiritual things, money is the least of these. You remember reading that? Money is the least. For most of us, it's the most. But in the kingdom of God... Of all the things that are important, he says money is the least of these. So what I have learned and what I want to encourage you is there have been many times that somebody has done me wrong and part of the way I overcome my flesh is to give money to them. So now doesn't that make you feel good to hear that? No, we have a hard enough time giving money to people we love. And I've had the Lord speak to me, where your heart is, there will your treasure be also. So where my treasure is, there will my heart be also. So if I want my heart to change, many times the Lord has prompted me, give to them. Because I work hard for my money. Somebody ought to write a song. (laughs) I work really hard for my money and to give it, Listen, to give it to my children makes me feel good. To give it to my friends makes me feel good. To give it to those in this body makes me feel good. But to give it to somebody who has bad mouthed me, who has ridiculed me, put me down in the community, doesn't feel good. But you know what it does? It changes me. I can't continue to give to something and my heart not be there. Yeah, it's getting quiet. Most of us do not have just a pocket full of money that we can just throw away. So we're very careful with what we do with it as a whole. It feels wonderful to be able to help our children out when they're in a bind. But can you give it to someone who hasn't done you right? The answer is no. You can't unless you've worked the muscles that it takes to be strong enough to do that. Thank you for your thunderous applause. Doing what is your desire... Versus giving in to their desire. I'm weed eating. I get done. I go to the house and I say, Is it okay if I come again tomorrow about eight o'clock? If you're gonna sleep in, I'll wait till later. I need to know. Now I've been weed eating for two days now. This is my third day. And she says to me, The wife, would you weed eat over there? Yes, ma'am. Because the Lord had already spoke to me. See, I'm weed eating thinking I'm being a blessing. But that's not where they wanted weed-eated. They wanted weed-eated over there. So now I'm being spoke to by the Holy Spirit. Over here was your desire. Over there is their desire are you doing this for your gratification or are you doing this in obedience to what I asked you to do?
4: Yeah.
5: I felt the pain when you heard the story of would you weed eat over there? But I, in honesty, I got the biggest grin and I'm like excited because the Lord had already spoke to me. He'd already prepared me. What if they're critical of your weed eating? Would you weed eat it closer to the ground? Would you weed it? I had already been prepared. These are muscles we must flex if we're going to love our enemies. Now, let's go back. Matthew chapter 5. Verse 44, but I say to you, love your enemies. Here's where you want to get to. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. Pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. And then he brings it home. Anybody can love those who love them back. Anybody can give a greeting to someone who greets them. And then he, <laughs> he brings this thing about, even the tax collector, even the IRS can do that. It's like, ah. So I want to I wanna encourage you to think about something. I want to challenge your thought. Loving your enemies Is more than not just hating them. Loving your enemies is more than not just hating them. Listen, bless them. In connotation, what he's alluding to is bless them like you would bless those you love. Not bless them, Lord. That's not really blessing them. Bless them like you would want to bless your children. Bless them like you would want to bless your wife. Bless them like you would want to bless those who you actually love. That's what it means. Not just not hating them, that's a good start. It's a good start, but it's not the goal. We need to serve them like we would serve those we love. Do good to them like you would those you actually love. That's what it means not to hate them. To be willing to bless them, to do good for them like you would your loved ones. Pray for them. I do pray for them, Pastor. I pray they go to hell. No, that's still hating your enemy. Love your enemy. Pray for them like you would pray for those you love. Pray for others to love your children and pray for them like you do. You know, sometimes a prophet's without honor in his own home. Sometimes we need other people to step in and speak to our children. Because yeah. they've cut us off and they've said, no, that's, you know, you, you, you've told me that my whole life. Sometimes we need other people to step in. But wouldn't you want them to pray for your children and not just pray for them like they hated them? Lord, teach him a lesson. Yeah. I'm speaking to somebody now. (laughs) Pray for them like you would pray for those you love. He says, if you do this, you'll be mature. You'll be perfect like your father in heaven is perfect. Now, can I show you that God has actually led the way in this? Romans chapter 5, verse 8. But God demonstrates his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. When you hated God, when you cursed in his name, when you didn't think any good thoughts about God or his people or his church, God loved you. So he's led the way. I love this next sentence. Much more than, not much less than, much more than having been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Because God loved us when we were unwilling to receive it, when we didn't want it, Christ died for us at that time. So now that we're willing to receive it, we can receive it much more, not much less. I'm going to be very vulnerable. I've got a child that to this day still has not received love from me. But I loved that child as much as I loved all my children. And every now and again, he would open up a door and let me love him. And when he opened up the door... I didn't love him more. He just was able to receive it more. Some of you have children like that. They love you when you offer them money. They love you when you do what they want. They're selfish. But God loved his enemies. Those who were against him. He paved the way for you and that. We need to flex the muscles that it takes. And we need to start now because it doesn't get any easier. The more you live your way instead of Yahweh, the more you do life the way you've been doing life and not the way of Jesus. A kingdom lifestyle is one that seeks to serve. And we have to learn how to serve, and then how to do what we hate to those we love, and then how to do what doesn't feel good to everyone but is the right thing, and then we need to get to the place where we can actually love our enemies, because it's the only way we can actually see real transformation in those who are not in the way of Jesus yet. For some of you, it's loving the Democrats. For some of you, it's loving the Republicans. For some of you, it's loving males. For some of you, it's loving females. I can't receive from a female. Have you told your grandma that? That's another message. We'll get there later. I'm done.
3: That's the way he always ends. <laughs> A month or so ago, he did the same thing here. I'm done. Um, I've been listening to him for 18 or 20 years, and I think this is the best message I've ever heard. And I was prepared to get up here today with a message and um, I felt like God said we were supposed to take this one and uh, I can't wait to preach the message to y'all that I had and it fits in with this one it's amazing how God when you're paying attention how God can make things work together that's most of you know Romans 8 is my favorite chapter. If I had to have one chapter in the entire Bible, that would be it. It's got some good stuff in Romans 8:28 is my favorite verse that God works all things together for for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. He works all things together for good. Um I discovered as I was studying my Greek that the word works all things together is synergog, which is where we get the word Synergy from. And Synergy may, means you add things together in such a way that the total is greater than the sum of the parts. So rather than just adding, there's some kind of weird math that happens where it's two plus two is more than four. Um, it's how horsepower works. That one horse can pull a thousand, and this isn't the right math, but one horse can pull a thousand, and two horses can pull like six thousand pounds. That's that's how God synergizes things, and we can take all the good stuff in our life and make good out of it. God takes the bad stuff, the good stuff, even good stuff, and makes it more than the sum of the parts. He synergizes it works it together for our good and that's the truth he works us together for our good it's amazing all the things that God works together and I, I taught about the church last week and it turns out that's what the next several sermons are going to be about and I'll tease you it The book of Revelation is in there So that that always sparks people sometimes Um, So the book of Revelation is awesome Especially that chapter 2 and 3 So um, let me pray for you Pray and remember those who We've got a lot of people that are out with their last summer hurrah this weekend Um, All our lake people lake rats is what i call them it's an endearing term um uh, we got a lot of people at the lake so just pray for them that they'll have an awesome weekend i hope you enjoy your day tomorrow especially if you're off if you're not off i'm sorry so let me pray for us thank you god for loving us even when we're unlovable Thank you for the opportunities we have in our life where you get to show yourself strong as your word says even when we don't deserve it which is most of the time. And thank you above all Lord for for Jesus who took um, took our licking for us and loves us all along the way. Thank you for the one who does miracles even on the way to miracles. And in our lives, may every place that we walk just be a little bit of Jesus spread around. Because it's in his name we pray. Amen. Blessings on you. Go be a blessing.